This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric O'Branson and Ryan Steiskel. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Better, Better. than last week at this time, I would no say. No shit, yeah. right? I would <laughs> um, like to congratulate everybody for a uh, job well done on rigging an election. <laughs> yeah. Well, Still if you remember our confused last... confused why we decided not to rig the Senate or the House... And why we yeah, chose to man. make it so close. But you know what? I'm sure we had our reasons. You know, I only have so many dead grandparents, you know, 17 or so, that I could fill out those uh, <laughs> those uh, mail-in ballots that I didn't request. For, and so. how we got 17 to 4 million, I don't know. But again, you know, I'm not one to ask too many questions. Um, I just read things right. on the internet and believe them. So well done. Yeah. Yes, of well course. Done. Well done. Yeah. <sighs> so we'll have to see what happens with that shit. Ah, God that'll be damn. fun. It At least we be. were right when we predicted the election. When we predicted those like amazing, um, for that amazing foresight we had a few weeks ago, where we just said, "Wow, could you believe that?" Because we were so. I know no, we, we got did. it. We got you did. Did yeah. you not get the email when we were rigging everything? That like, yeah. well, we weren't supposed to say anything then. No, yeah, I That's mean, obviously, true. not it wouldn't have worked. Out. The people, the people that believe this shit are way too smart. You can't just like come out and say it. You know, it's like, right. Right, we're Absolutely. we're this this release. <laughs> so obviously, like, what our our last recorded one was before the election that comes out this week, and then this one comes out next week, and next yeah. week is like there's no fucking planet left, but like the, <laughs> right? the SoundCloud like the, auto the, post is it, still on. So this <laughs> podcast comes out, and there's the aliens that look over the debris and rubble, listen to this, going like, "Wow, they really had no idea, did they?" No, not at all. <laughs> And you know what? Actually, that's kind of what I figured was going to happen. I wish they could travel through time. Prediction last week, but yeah. And I think that's I, uh, Ryan. I think you're going the same way I am here. I think this movie we picked is really working out quite well. <laughs> yeah. Because since we <laughs> yeah. record a week off, and so it's like we're talking about something that happened in a timeline that's different than what we're talking about now. Late. Fuck it. We are talking tonight <laughs> about a very apropos movie. We're talking about the 2001 American science fiction psychological thriller. Donnie Darko. Wake up, Donnie. I met a new friend. Real or imaginary? Imaginary. Six hours. Forty-two minutes. Twelve seconds. Do you believe in time travel? I'm going to tell you a little story today about a young man whose life was completely destroyed by fear. Under the moon. 
want to tell mom and dad why you stopped taking your medication? So, uh, this was not a first viewing for any of us, right? Nope. No. I've seen this one okay. quite a few times. Um, this is second for me. Okay. But after, like, uh, over a decade since the first time I saw it, which... Yeah, yeah and I, I'll second that. It's been at least a decade since I've seen it as well. And the last time I saw it, I watched the director's cut, which I did not enjoy as much, which is rare. Usually I'm a sucker for all, like, you know extra extended crap but this movie anyway we can get into that later if we if we get there i mean if you're a blade runner fan you know all about that life so yeah 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 so the to give you a quick synopsis this is the i believe if i'm not mistaken the directorial debut of richard kelly uh donnie darko stars jake gyllenhaal jenna malone maggie gyllenhaal drew barrymore mary mcdonald Catherine russ patrick swayze noah wiley Stu stone uh huge cast and it follows the adventures of the troubled title character uh donnie darko played by jay uh, jake gyllenhaal as he seeks to find the meaning behind his doomsday related visions that doesn't really fully explain <laughs> the movie it certainly but... doesn't pull like you know some of the details in but it's a it's a guess it's a good general synopsis of the film so it, it, the, the interesting thing is the movie takes place in 1988 in a small town in Virginia. And so it does a really good job. I'll give it this. It does a good job of really encapsulating like late eighties America. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't uh, know this. This took yeah. place a year before I was born. So it, it well, does a good I don't job. Really technically remember the world being this way, but, but yeah, well, I, I feel I guess like it's, it's fairly authentic. So but, yeah, it, I think it does a good job in the sense that it, it, it doesn't overly date itself, but it, there are aspects that are, are dating in it. It's it's not like yeah. trying to be Stranger Things where it's like, in your face, it's the 80s, you know, which is fun. But this one just does it like it happens to be in 1988. And yeah, it checks out. Um, yeah, everything checks out. The music is all very um, of the era. Like, and, and just because I'm going to mention it now, because in case it doesn't come up later, I absolutely love the soundtrack of this movie. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's all stuff that has just even grown on me more than when I first discovered it. So I, I, think wanted, this... I wanted to add the most 80s thing. That, well, the thing that I remember, because it's technically early 90s, but I think that was the most accurate, was the self-help yes. uh, oh, video. Yeah. The yeah, way that that video. was like, <laughs> the way that people were like, edited and and presented and talked it was just like i recognize this stuff from from yeah this TV. is like this is so accurate I think, I think that's what i liked is like the fashions are the, the the clothing and the costuming and stuff is very 1988 but not in the way that a movie today would make a movie that takes place in the 80s oh because... it looks like they were like early 2000s like i could not be, be... i kept forgetting that in reality, movies. fashions didn't change that much. There were the extreme fashions, and most of the times, if you see a movie that takes place in the '80s, they have to make that joke. They have to make the look. Everybody's wearing neon, 
Everyone and, has that flock of seagulls haircut. I think and, it helped that it took place at a private school yes, that had uh, uniforms it, as well. So kind half of the time that. the characters yeah. are wearing that. But. but I will say the one disappointing element is, like, where's the fucking perms? Because I know for a fact that that was fairly common for these teens in That's the That's true. Well, I know this 80s, for a fact because yeah. I've seen my mom's fucking high school photo. Yeah. <laughs> so Donnie Darko, uh, as a young man, he, he sleepwalks. He has weird uh, daytime hallucinations. Essentially, he's suffering from schizophrenia. Uh, he goes to mm-hmm. therapy. He's on medication. And he starts getting these weird visions from this giant kind of creepy looking rabbit guy in a rabbit suit named only Frank. after there's a strange freak accident um well wakes him up to call him out for it oh right yeah That's so true. it's the night yeah, of Frank does show up the night yeah. of he wakes up one night to this voice saying wake up and come outside and he does and while he's talking to frank the rabbit a jet engine falls off of a plane that they can't find and crashes into his bedroom and he's not there so he survives and then a series of weird events continues happening. Frank keeps coming back to him in the evenings and telling him to do things. And it, the movie, it's it's a time travel movie, but it's different than you know. There's no DeLorean. There's no machine. It's it's about timelines, though. Really, if yes, I interpret it correctly. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a little less like straight time travel as it is. I don't know. There's a lot of like philosophical and metaphysical kind of ideas going on um, about timelines, other possibilities. Um, you know, I guess time travel as it would be the closest to scientifically accurate as you could. Not that you can really describe it that way, but <laughs> it's it's it. It, it Einsteinian deals with, theory and, and yes, such. So. It deals with time travel in the terms of timelines different than Back to the Future or Avengers Endgame or something like that. Though actually, I guess a little bit more closer to Endgame. Um, I, yeah. I was going to say that, honestly, this movie's timeline thing is kind of a B story. In fact, I would actually even label it a C story, even though it takes the most important part, like this weird, like, the backstory elements, sure, but the most... Uh, I'll stop. Sorry. No, uh, no, it's fine. Go ahead. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, this movie came out in 2001. Joke. If you haven't seen it, go on to Tubi and watch it. Then come back. Yeah. Okay. It's free. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, which was kind of... And not only that, they also have the philosophy of Donnie Darko on Tubi. So when you're done watching this, and you will need to watch the documentary to understand it, uh, that's on there, too. Um, just well, to that point. It, I but, think the first time I saw this, I had one opinion the second time i had a different opinion and so on and so on and then this time yet again another opinion of this movie did either of you experience that yeah um yeah eric how about you um not as much as i thought i might like this is what i thought was going to fall apart and after the bad taste uh that the like director's cut of this left in my mouth um I actually quite enjoyed going back and seeing it the way I experienced it like the first time and honestly I feel like it played it might have even played stronger because I feel like I was more connected to it and I I mean not to make fun of my 17 year old self but I feel like I got it a lot more than I did back then <laughs> I just liked it because it was weird and you know there's cre- creepy imagery and um, I'm not sure I could have explained to you what the heck this thing was about and I think I'm finally to the point where I can you know I'm, I'm kind of there but what I'm also not going to go on the spot, but, you know. Oh, <laughs> but. I was going to 
was gonna say, what'd you what'd you get out of it? What um because watching this a second time, I still like I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of this. Not to say that it's not that I haven't caught on to like the things that it seems like it's trying to get you to understand, but to be fair, as an adult now looking at this, because as a teenager I had no idea what was going on. Like this movie, by the way, was forced to, on me mm-hmm. by somebody who thought like you would like this movie. I, I think it was like a girl that I was I had a crush on. Maybe that sounds about right. Like <laughs> being forced to watch a thing, and you're like, this is weird. You'd like this. Watching it, going like, I don't like this. Like I do not like this movie. Like I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it's a good movie either, and I don't know why. And now that I'm older. I now know why. <laughs> That's where I got out of it. Um, so why? Yeah, I. Oh, uh, Eric, you go first, and I'll, I'll do. I'll give you a chance. We'll go back. I was gonna say my um, like for me, I think the first time I saw it, I loved it, and uh, I saw it a couple other times, and kind of passed it. It's one of those I passed around, um, for sure. Like, would you, you know, you got to see this movie? So I was probably. I think you showed it to me in college. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, I I I feel like watching it now, like, well, and, and like I said, that I, the, the director's cut was supposed to be a big deal, right? It was going to explain so much about the, the plot and all the stuff that Richard Kelly left out. And what we got out of the director's cut was we got a bunch of weird cutaways to, like, uh, pages from the uh, book that mm-hmm. – that uh what lady the death philosophy of time travel yeah yeah and some badly computer animated sequences of like cutouts from that book explaining the plot to like over explaining the plot and also like making a bunch of um connections that i didn't really even see happening in the movie so it was forcing um oh so after the fact kind of thoughts into the and they threw a couple of like additional scenes in there but primarily it was richard kelly going back and like over explaining the movie and i liked it a lot more when it was ambiguous because we could talk about it and everyone had had their like their their theory it was one of those movies that kind of left you with some ambiguity that you could walk away and then you have a cool conversation with your friends about well here's what i got out of it and here's what and the director's cut like attempted not it wasn't 100% successful but attempted to like explain like no no dude this is what i meant like you know um which i thought took away from the the whole experience of it hmm. so and yeah so i was just, I was just gonna say like so so your director's cut that that you got sounds more like less of like here's here's the here here's how i wanted to tell it here's the scenes that i w- wasn't gonna that i couldn't use like a normal director's cut instead it was just like here's a patchware program uh li- little literal book <laughs> does that help explain this universe that's what that sounded like yeah because was... i would have needed that <laughs> by i didn't the way. enjoy it anywhere near as much and actually that was the last time i saw it was when i, I the director's cut came out and i was like oh cool i want to see this because you know I want more of this, and and it was just more in the wrong way, and I didn't enjoy it at all. So, wow. So going back to this version, the the theatrical version of the film, uh, I think I picked up on what I enjoyed about it in the first hand, and I think I got even like I feel like I pulled even more out of it. And I don't know if it's a total mystery to the film, but I feel like there's this whole B like kind of subtext to it about actually like. Um, not just the time travel plot, but that you could read it kind of as a a, a way of. Uh, in the last moments coping um, with loss and the way that, that you could actually see Donnie Darko as a character kind of um, going through like each of these like 
stages and this month this month countdown that he has the 28 days or whatever um going through stages of letting things go um all the way Mm. to the point of when he's uh so the like like coping with your own mortality is like something that's a subtext there that i don't think i picked up on the first time or i'm crazy and just i'm reading new things into it which is interesting because it's a movie you can do that with but yeah i think uh, that was kind of the neat thing about it that i didn't really pick up on until this viewing is that you can watch it where it's he essentially cheats death but and, and creates like a tangential universe timeline or frank technically does by leading him on that and he's seeing this like unstable world right and he's at the same time he's driving frank is driving him to do things to play out a timeline but ultimately that timeline is going to become absorbed and it does because it still ends up with him getting killed um yeah or like you but said but i do get the it, strong impression he forces it back to like his he has to as a character come to that point where yes. you know because um, Gretchen, his girlfriend, or the the love interest in the movie, is killed in that instant in that um, altercation, mm-hmm. um, which all and then you know he he kills Frank, which Frank is a representation of the guilt of that and like da da da. Um, the reason that it's Frank that comes to visit him, I think, is is guilt, and then um, his reason for actually collapsing his own timeline and going back to that moment is you know ultimately selfless it's a rescue mission and it's pulling but you know giving giving himself up for for uh, Gretchen yeah be, very you know, uh Jacob's in ladder in a way <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and and so his his non-existence or his death causes all of these people to be able to live and their lives to be normal and whatever for um, better or worse right I mean really worse. yeah and that's what it also debate... would end up to allow the you know uh, pedophile uh mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze to um go on doing his thing and (laughs) um living with his fear and guilt and um yeah the fact that mm, okay (laughs) sorry that 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 phrase itself like donnie darko kills himself for this noble thought of like saving his girlfriend's life um who he dragged to that location to get killed in the first place like not that he intentionally killed her but like no the fact that he dragged everyone out there is what led to the event to actually occur. And by the way, spoilers. We haven't given a spoiler warning, but it's Donnie Darko. You've probably seen it. It's 19 Anyways. years old. <laughs> it's old. Yeah. Uh, true. And it's and free on Tubi. So if you haven't seen it, I repeat, turn this off and go yeah. and watch it right I now. I would hope nobody's going to listen to this episode and like, oh, I've never heard of that movie before. No, you know if you've seen Donnie Darko. Oh, yeah. There's, um, but, but, but yeah, I was, yeah. was going to say, like, he, uh, fuck, we went so far off the tangent. Like Donnie pocket, did. Pocket Universe. Pocket Universe. Yeah. That's what, so I guess so the question the is, is the Pocket Universe a thing he experiences and like, oh, I've got to get back to it? Or is the or Pocket Universe simply just a, these are the last of his... moments of your life before you die? Well, not only that, he's schizophrenic. Yeah. Like, he is diagnosed schizophrenic. Is like, he diagnosed? in the movie. He was diagnosed prior here's... to the movie. Yeah. Here's a really weird take on it. And I'm going to say it's both. Like, no, I it, I was going to say, yep. It is 
his life had he you know had he taken that lead had he he follows frank out and all of those things occur like that is the tangent that is the universe that is built off of that moment and him not dying in that accident um he through his it's not really built upon how how he can you know manipulate or understand the time travel stuff obviously he discovers something in that book i'm not going back to watch the director's cut uh to find out what it is but um Obviously, he does by the by this point at the end when he's able to manipulate it, have some kind of understanding of what you know how the wormhole's opening up, what this moment that all things are coming together. Fine, I don't really need to understand technically what that is or what it means, but yeah, I I, I, I think it's both <laughs> things. I think it is that it is a timeline, but his understanding and able ability to see it also means that it's only the last moments of his life. Like that, that it's both. That's I'm just gonna stop there. Hmm. <laughs> no, like I get it. It's kind of like the idea that like the only reason he's schizophrenic is because he got hit with this premonition uh, that potentially could have made him schiz- like it's simultaneously he is schizophrenic, but he's schizophrenic because these things are actually happening. Like it's that weird. Like you could mm-hmm. think it that way. Um, that's probably not uh, what and, you. Have and seen. I kind of wondered too. Is like is he? Is his? Is, because he's really diagnosed with schizophrenia after he meets Frank. He's in therapy right. and he's on some oh, kind of medication. Oh, you're right. There is that scene. But the, he, he was there for a behavioral disorder, I believe. They talk about yeah. his behavior. Yeah. So the schizophrenia, they're not really. I mean, the viewer isn't 100% certain that the schizophrenia is legit, or is it just because he is this kind of bizarre receiver? Um. And is he that receiver because of the behavioral things? Is it the medication? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> who knows? I don't want to speculate. I overall, though, what were, what are your thoughts? Uh, we'll start with you, Ryan, on the um, performances in this because it's got a hell of a cast. Yeah, it sure does. Hmm. I can't think of any that actually like. There's characters that you like and you don't like in this movie. Like that is obvious and their situations and there's kind of like certain cliches um but i think like having a movie that takes place in a certain time period kind of saves a movie for from itself being dated because it's intentionally that you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just like like there's film styles of this movie where i would say like they're dated by our standards like this 2001 film because there's it is now like two nearly 20 years apart what is this this movie came out in 2001 right this movie's almost 20 mm-hmm. years old yeah. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, it was making fun of a decade that was twenty years younger than it, or older than it. And it's like so now it's like this weird like tunneling effect. Um, that's just a blatant ob- uh, observation just now. Sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> but it's it's, I don't, the characters, um, the they're well performed, they're they're very well performed. Uh, all these actors that are in here, like you recognize what, like, there's a lot of character fucking, sorry. There's a lot of character actors in this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, and it's great. Uh, they make hateable characters because they're meant to be a hateable character and they fucking deliver. Like, it's all great. Isn't this the movie that actually launched Jake's career essentially? Cause uh, pretty he's close. fairly yeah. young. Yeah. I think this was the first one that like, I mean, he, he did a couple two or three films right around this time. But I think this was the one that got the critical acclaim and his performance was noticed. And, you know, it probably, probably wasn't bubble boy, which came out around the same time, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) You know, which is kind of funny. 
but he's good uh and maggie's good too um the parents they're good like they're characters they're actually that's that's yeah. one of the positive things about this movie mind you i have to say this I, i've kind of shown that I, I mentioned i don't like this movie this isn't one of those movies where i hate it and i want to bash it i I I just don't care for the movie, but I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it's my movie. That's all. Um, Fair enough. But uh, I. That being said, I I have some positive things about this movie. The cast and performances is strongly one of them. Swayze's great in it. Yeah. Swayze. Swayze. He's Swayze. Ooh. Yeah. That's yeah. quite a challenging role because he is not a great person. No, his character is character's yeah, really a scumbag, is. even before you find out how bad of a scumbag he is. Right. Um, well, you just think he's a scumbag, you know, profiting off of, you know, motivational speaker type, like we were talking about. Like, and so, yeah, he, he's a scumbag that ends up being an even bigger scumbag, right? Like, I, I, I do have like, to mention one one bias that I have with the cast. I think this is a great cast, um, with the exception of uh, Jenna Malone. And that's because I just don't like Jenna Malone. Who's Jenna Malone? Gretchen. She's Gretchen. Yeah. Who's Gretchen? I, I just no, she's the girlfriend. Oh, I, the and girlfriend. you know what? I'm sure I don't she's know. A great by the way, I and I'm sure she's a very talented actress. I just don't like her, and I know that's so fucking unfair. Yet here we are. So I just, it's just I. Sorry, it's like I just can't. I can't her picture Parker her, Posey. Like, what I else just can't she's... like her. In anything, like, I probably have seen her in other stuff, but I, I'm just not placing it. I think in this, she she works for that kind of, like, I don't She's not one of the stand-up performances in, in, in a cast like this. She's a little bit of the weakest link, but I don't think she's bad enough to make it, like, stick out. Like, um, Oh, no, she's fine, and I just don't like her. Well, um, yeah, and I'm not entirely sure that she's... In, supposed to be entirely likable anyway like this is one of those movies where everybody's kind of uh i, I think you'll see that in movies where people like like really well-drawn characters tend to be somewhat ambiguous like you don't have your uh archetypes you don't have your heroes and your villains you have people that are kind of floating somewhere in between um i mean i guess with the exception of like swayze's character certainly is just a scumbag but um he's very good at doing that like this is this I'm trying to think of like all, all the movies I've seen Patrick Swayze in, and this one always comes out as like one of my favorite performances of his. He's not in it that much, and he plays a total piece of shit, but he's sure. just so good in it. Like he, it, it's a good performance um, as an actor. It's probably one of my favorites of his, um, if not my favorite. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo what what Ryan said about the cast, and this is a, a cast like every piece of this cast works. It doesn't matter how small the role is everybody is incredibly good at it from the therapist to the parents to the like teachers and the 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 uh what's her name cheerleader mom that you hate that's the swayze devotee mm-hmm. um i mean everyone is great in this movie um it helps sell it like big time um so i i think i you know it's it's definitely I, the strength I, of the I, movie I, and in yeah. characters from a script standpoint too characters are a strength of this movie like if yes. you would go on all of the like mumbo jumbo sci-fi stuff that's going on in this that's it, it i don't think at the end of the day and we'll talk about this maybe at the end but i don't think it actually pans out that any of that makes any sense it's really the strength of like the what's going on in the movie the characters and the st- other things that are that ground it and make it a good film in my well, opinion. But. And I know we're reviewing this movie, but I, you know, I do want to mention that Richard Kelly had a follow up to this, um, with, uh, well, he did, he did Domino, which didn't do very well. 
He did Southland Tales, which, again, amazing cast and cool yeah. things in it, but a movie that overall is just kind of bland. I have uh, makes not no seen goddamn a single other sense. one of his movies. Um, <laughs> he did The Box, which was a Richard Matheson thing mm-hmm. uh, with Cameron Diaz and Frank Ligella, uh, James Marston. None of these have done well. <laughs> um, no, in fact, I think this is only critically acclaimed film. Everything else is a bunch of turkeys. But... It, it is, and it's weird because I think Southland Tales is, is similar to this one in the sense that it's trying to do some weird... Uh, version of science fiction but it's just strange like it's a a, a, it's a situation that i notice with some directors where where style gets in the way of them telling the story yeah i wanted to say i think this is a good segue to like i didn't joe earlier you asked me why don't i like this movie right uh and this is the segue because that that's exactly why i don't like this movie is that this movie is all style and no substance Mm. like it it's it has substance it has fake philo- it has like faux philosophy uh, not fake but faux philosophy by that i mean like they have people saying things in a philosophical way but it when you actually under like list pay attention to the dialogue you're like none of this this is garbage this is garbage that's made to sound it's it's like when you have a scientist in a sci-fi movie just spouting nonsense it, but he's mentioned the word hydrogen a lot, so you're like, that seems legit. When you have an yeah. actual scientist, watch it going like, he had, there's nothing. Like, he said nothing of value. It's a mouthful Joe, of Greek do you salad. Exper- yeah. I was going to say, Joe, have you experienced this as a paleontologist? Oh, ab- I, not just that, <laughs> but just like fucking anything. Well, every I, I've given up looking for accuracy in Jurassic Park films. But, yeah. but that yeah, that's my doesn't. point. That's what this movie does, but not just with science. Because they don't really do science. What they do is a hybrid of philosophy and science called natural science. Uh, mm. Sorry, natural philosophy. Or metaphysics. Metaphysics uh, yeah. is the next thing, too. Yes, uh, a little bit of theology because, you know, America. Oh, there is some theology <laughs> in, in the this. 80s. There's definitely religion in this because yep. it's all about, like, you disrupting God's era. plan. And so he's sending dimensional weird things. Um, tummy bubbles. He's sending tun- tunnel tummy which bubbles. Which I kind of thought was people. a cool effect. I mean, yeah, it was pointless, but it was kind of a cool effect. I yeah. was, I thought, once I saw the effect, I, I laughed because I'm like, this dated this movie. Like it, you yeah, would do it's great, little, but it's like the abyss. All of happened. a sudden, the the thing from the abyss comes out. And... Do you yeah, know but the, the abyss is wanna... like about what ten years older, and it looks ten years newer effects wise. But yeah, I, I'm gonna just say specifically. Like, it's not just when the tunnels first show up. When the tunnels first show up, I'm like, okay, it's the early 2000s. Like, yes. But, you know, it's like, it's a cool concept. I'll go with that. Yeah. But it's the moment. The moment I peaked and laughed is the moment that the portal, near the end of the movie, hits Donnie's face. Mind you, this is supposed to be an emotional moment. This is the final act. It is officially, like, uh, five hours from Doomsday or some shit. No, it. I don't know. Some hours. Someone's corrected me, maybe. But he... (laughs) looks into this portal, and I shit you not, goes, like, a Snapchat app of, like, your (laughs) eyes going wide and goofy. But Snapchat does a way fucking better job of doing it than what this movie... Near in its climax of a uh, of a supposed to be a emotionally heavy moment, throws this special effect at you. You yeah. couldn't just him be looking at the portal. They had to actually do that weird fucking thing with his eyes to make him briefly look like a frog man. And it's just <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, no. 
(laughs) You have no, uh, you have no good artistic taste if you thought that this this was actually cool. Like, I think you're an incompetent director and filmmaker, sir. I I have to admit, the first time I saw this, I was I did the you know I'm an you know late teen. Whoa, this is like weird, and I don't get it. That makes it cool. Um, and it's got the creepy imagery, like, you know, because the Frank design is creepy. There's no way. Oh, yeah, I love Frank. It's awesome. It's great. It's pretty cool. Um, and then I think the second or third time I watched this, I was like, yeah, okay. It just comes off as pretentious. Yeah. It's like, ooh, here's a weird movie. You can't figure it out. I'm that deep. You know what this movie's like? This movie is like that guy who comes back from his first year of college and goes like, to his high school friends like hey guys so like it's college is great uh i'm a philosophy minor uh mm-hmm. it's great let me tell you why that's what donnie darko was hey eric what was your what was your minor in college <laughs> philosophy oh yeah okay <laughs> um <laughs> uh by the way i was actually making fun of myself because i minored in philosophy okay. i'm sorry i wasn't pointing at you eric. i know I, I, just, I had to throw that out of yeah um, i know yeah uh, honestly though i think this viewing for me was probably the one i enjoyed the most and I, I'm not. I, I completely, I, by the way, Ryan, agree with the criticisms you're pointing out. I, they're totally there. Yes, but I, I'm uh, curious to know why why it went better for you. I think because it. I finally started to like get what it's trying to do with this kind yeah. of concept of timelines, and I do find it to be rather original. Um, yeah. and, and so I give it, I gave it some points for originality. It could have been told in a very different and probably better way. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, do still yes, think it it's a happen. pretty pretentious movie. Yes. Um, but I think the performances, I never noticed how good the performances were from everybody yeah. in this. I mean, I know it had a good cast. I never really digested how well everybody performs in this and how it, it is a pretty engaging film. Like I, I'm interested and you know, usually when I watch a movie, I'm half on my phone paying attention. You know, I'm paying attention, but I'm like making notes on my phone. And this one, I didn't make any because I was actually watching the damn thing, and I've seen it before. Um, but I think I started to like really pick up on the oh, you've got your prime timeline, and this is the tangential, and it it circles back around because it has to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I, that's all the stuff I didn't put together. Yeah, on my viewings I, in my teens as well, like. I didn't either. And again, I still recognize it for the flaws it has. And I do think that, especially if you look at, at uh, you know, this this writer and director, if you look at, at Richard Kelly's other stuff, um, yeah, pretentious is common with him. I'm sorry. It just, it, in my opinion, it is. Um, <laughs> I agree. You know, uh, Southland Tales. Domino. Southland Tales was like the, the equivalent. Like, that was the, holy shit, there's some great... MacGuffins and gimmicks in this movie, but overall, it's just bloated. And I think this one is lucky because it could have been like that. You you have a huge cast. You should see the director's cut. I well, then there's that. <laughs> uh, you know, you've got this huge cast. This could have just been all like, ooh, and look who else is in this, and there's nothing else. But there is something going on here. There is. Uh, I, I applaud it for for doing. It's a movie about essentially about time travel that does it in a very different way than there is no time machine. Um, but it's also not a linear story because 
as much as I love the movie Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeves, because it's Christopher Reeves, so you have to love it. Uh, it's a very linear movie about time travel. This is one that is not, because it shouldn't be. You know, so I, I kind of thought that was, uh, was was kind of a cool attempt. So it, it was a more enjoyable experience for me than, than other times. I'm not going to say it's become my favorite movie or anything like that, but uh, I think I finally get it. And like, okay, well, I can I, I can say I get it as well as I think I can get it <laughs> at this point. Yeah. There's only so far you can go with the get it part because I think there it's intentionally ambiguous, which is why I was so, yeah. at least I thought it was intentionally ambiguous, which I think it's part of the reason I was so taken aback by the director's cut, like hitting you over the head with the what it's supposed to be about. Because it's like the fu- part of the fun of the movie like this, especially when you're a teenager and you're watching movies with friends is sitting down and having that like it gets you know the, the the credits roll and everybody's like whoa what the hell was that all about and then you get you know you get to have that conversation about like here's what i got out of it and here's you know what other, your other friends got out of it and being you know a 17 year old kid in high school in a small town in illinois like we we hadn't gone and taken you know those those philosophy 101 courses or anything we're, we're trying to interpret this based on our experience then and that's a key point so there was a yeah. lot of like you know speculation and people just kind of trying to re- grasping at straws of what the hell this movie was about. But um, but yeah, so it was one of those movies that like got got people talking. It was a fun one to sit down and watch with a group of people because you knew you could you know sit up for a couple hours and have some have some drinks and uh, have a chat about it. And not that I ever drank you know when I was under twenty one or anything. Oh, of course but, not. No, we no. never would. But. <laughs> they're gonna get you now yeah, yeah. I, I, I would yeah, i would, 30s, they're gonna I, would I would agree <laughs> it's it's intentionally ambiguous at some points but the fact I, that re-watching it last night when i did and i got i feel like i got most of it and then you can see where the ambiguous parts are and why they're intentionally ambiguous mm-hmm. this isn't this like isn't one of those explanations of five or six or seven page sequences of the book on time travel to no yeah. no I, I i got that i got I'm when really we're talking about it you need a vessel something metal and you need this i'm like oh it's the jet engine i get it okay you know um but moving at the speed of light mind you that was also listed in there and there's no fucking way that thing was moving to at the speed of light no no i, I so well you gotta but, throw that in there somewhere because einstein and let's pretend like we understand it um, <laughs> he's got that rosy bridge. Like, if if I want a movie that is that I I want to watch because it is so incomprehensible <laughs> that it's frustrating, but I'll watch it because I'm fucking interested in why is this so incomprehensible. I will pop in Mulholland Drive. Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Lost Highway too. and Lost yep, Highway. So- more Mulholland Drive. <laughs> um, so I'm, I am this curious, one. Though. This is one where it's like, I get it. I get what you want me to get. And the stuff you don't want me to get, no, I don't fucking get it. But I still get what the movie's about for the most uh, part. Well, that's, that's something I actually want to ask you guys. Uh, what do you think this movie is about? What is your personal opinion of what this movie is about? I personally think that it's it is a parallel of concepts of uh like reflecting on life and coming to terms with death 
and all of that. And they're using uh, parallel timelines, alternate timelines as a way of doing that. This is like the, it's your life flashing before your eyes, but not the life that you've had, but the life you could have if you don't do this. It's almost like the last temptation of Christ. Which is mentioned in the fucking background of the movie. Hey! Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Under Evil Dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, mind that, by the way, because uh, there's an antagonistic element of the movie which is Donnie versus Frank but I have questions on that later we got to finish up the so Joe you mentioned that this is pretty much like this is a version of seeing kind of like your life death. it's temptation it's temptation yeah, like last temptation so you're interpreting this essentially as like this is kind of a metaphysical like last moment of your life yeah I can see how there's there's religious aspects to it like cool okay that's an interesting take how about you eric um to me it's about personal responsibility and also like the effect that one person can have on many others just by existing Hmm. um and that's it sounds like kind of a simple read of it but but all that stuff like everything joe said i think is 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 a total valid read of the movie and it's all in there but i do think it's it's um focusing on Donnie as the agent that we move through the like narrative and all the events of the films and the way it affects all of these characters. We get the montage with the sad music at the end, which is that, that great cover of the tears for fears song. Mad world, um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it, I think it's just showing that one person's existence and or decisions, you know, have a ripple effect and that ripple effect is taken very literally by Richard Kelly's script being that he's actually able to see the ripples in time and, and manipulate the timeline to a certain extent and understand that and uh, take it into account and make a decision. But I think that's the main thing. That's why we get so many strong characters and we understand things about all of them uh, is because we do see the way that, you know, this one kind of inconsequential messed up, you know, teen affects an entire community just by not existing suddenly um, or, or mm-hmm. existing um, in the fact of that most of the narrative is plays out in that timeline. But yeah. So I, I think that it's about, it, it might be about time travel. It might be about, you know, um, end of life or coming to terms with mortality. But I think at the end of the day, it's about interpersonal relationships and the way that people affect one another. Um, I guess I'll leave it there just to, <laughs> That's an interesting fucking take too. Yeah, it is. That, um, yeah, my turn. Yeah, I'm curious. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think this movie is about trying to make a movie that seems deep and enjoyable that people are like can watch it and enjoy it. And then question, like, everything that's going on in it, and it causes a conversation. Like, what this movie is is exactly what I think this movie is. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's I very like, meta. what that's what, but I'm not lying. Like, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to um, make some kind of, like, scene here or anything, but that's I, that's legitimately how I can accept this movie. And I'm like, but that's what this movie is. It's like, this movie is like, this movie is good only because it's so unanswered it's not a great story but it's told very well um well well enough to keep you interested yeah not only that 
great de performances delivered and an interest in elements though not greatly answered still unanswered metaphysical philosophy whatever pseudoness it's it's like watching an episode of star trek <laughs> uh and that like none of this is plausible but i'm intrigued by what's I, I, going I, I, on. I'll one-up that and say that it's like me watching an episode of Star Trek when I have no I, I didn't fucking... want to throw you... You can't. I have no idea what's going on because I didn't grow up being a Trekkie. So I try to oh, watch Star Trek now and I'm just like, is that Worf? No, this is the original series. Is that Worf? I don't know. Is Worf <laughs> that the is... person? I don't know. That is the most interesting. That's like trying to make that's that reminds me of me trying to make my parents watch Star Wars with me, and they're going, "Is that Chewbacca?" Yeah, that's the hairy one. Who are these other ones? Those are Ewoks. There's Chewbacca. That's Vader. That's that Vader dude. Where's yeah. the, there's no more Vader dude. What's going on here? Well, I could like, see yeah. that though with with this. I could see that it it is. But, yeah. There. This also came out around a time when a lot of movies were coming out that were like intentionally weird to fuck with trying, your head, and it's, it's trying like, to. Yeah, you know, it's an indie film trying to be artsy, and it nailed certain elements so strongly that it deserved the attention that it got. I don't think that this is like, like I said, I don't particularly enjoy this movie because I don't really get anything out of this movie because it's it's pseudo philosophy, and it's like this isn't interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that watching this a second time, I did not want to watch this movie, mind you. I know you guys asked me. I said, sure, I'll do it because I like talking to you guys. <laughs> it's a pandemic. I got to talk to somebody and I love talking to you guys. It, but I talked to you prior to a pandemic. That's a whole different thing. Um, I'm Before trying to turn that, a, like uh, it. It sounded like an insult, so I'm trying to turn it into a compliment. Um, <laughs> look at it's me about now. as ambiguous as this movie, so go with it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why you don't see me much on the podcast anymore. <laughs> because <laughs> um, it went so well uh no uh jokes aside um no it's like uh i did not want to watch this movie and then because i'm like i already seen it i wasn't interested when i was 17 when i was supposed to be into it and i wasn't into it and i finally watched it again today uh and i was like first off going like wow this movie is literally dark like it is hard to watch this in the middle of a day mm -hmm. like if you guys ever try to watch this movie in the middle, like when it's daylight out in a bright living room, it's like you can't see most of the fucking scenes. I'm like, that's right. why it's called Darko. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my joke. No one laughed. Uh. Continuing on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, it's. Uh, I actually like this movie. I, in terms of like. I still don't like this movie, but I can still watch it the same way and still that's, be interested. That's where I was with it. Like I got, I got done with it being like, all right, I'm not going to like go rush out and get like a criterion collection or whatever the fuck they have for it. But you don't hate the experience. I, I liked it more than the first yeah. time I saw, it. or not the first time, the first time I saw it, I was just like, wow, weird. That makes it good. Um, yeah. And, and the last few times I saw it, I was like, ah, this is just being complicated to be complicated um, because the director thinks he's smarter than everyone else. And now I'm watching it going, okay, he's smarter than I gave him credit for. But I still have some I... problems with it. Definitely still have some problems with it. Uh, I, I would like to see... I, don't, I know they came out with a sequel, S. Darko, which was straight to video and I have no desire to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've never heard anything good about it, and I haven't seen it. But I, I and I just I don't even know what it's about. I really don't care. But I would love to see more stories in this universe. 
not with these with people, but in a universe. With these rules of time travel. With these rules yeah. of time travel and timelines. I think that is interesting. Because ultimately, every time travel movie uh, deals with, like, don't disrupt the timeline, right? And, you know, it's like, go back to Back to the Future. I brought up Infinity War, all this stuff, you know. Um, the Ray Bradbury story, A Sound of Thunder. Don't fuck with the timeline. Yeah. But this one actually is a little different. What if the timeline fucks with you? <laughs> well, here's the thing. And this is where my mind was actually kind of going before I went to that weird metaphysical doubt p- part. But you talked about time fucks with you. And I have this thing f- to ask you, gentlemen. It's a two-part question. So I asked you the first part, and it should be a pretty quick answer. And then I'll explain the second part. But first off, who is Frank in this movie? And by that, I mean, do you think Frank is a good guy, a bad guy, real or fake, ghost or whatever? Who do you think Frank is? Eric, what do you think? I think I touched on it briefly earlier. I think Frank is guilt over... Um, you know, so you think he, of him like a pro, like a projection? Yes. Of... Well, I think the reason. Okay, and it's more complicated than that. But the reason that f- f- whoever or whatever it is that guides you know Donnie through all of this stuff, which I believe is actually pr- most likely Donnie, um, the reason it takes the shape of Frank is due to uh, you know eventually and reveals himself as you know murdered frank with the bloody you know eye bullet wound in the face and all that. um i feel like that's because of you know the guilt of i don't know i, I guess i don't have a, lot, a whole lot to go on that's just what i took it took it as this way uh this time i saw it um just feeling like okay he he acted in out of you know rage uh just saw this guy run down his girlfriend and shot him in the face Frank was essentially an innocent bystander of this whole thing. He just, you know, was driving a little too fast on the beer run he went from the party he was at, Halloween party he was at. Um, He himself has no actual bearing on, um, like, the voice, the costume. I mean, the costume, I guess, was his costume. He was an artist, and you get that from the little bit, so... I'm thinking out loud now and kind of second guessing myself, but that's what I got out of it. Is like <laughs> so. So to sum up from what you kind of said is like Frank uh, is is a manifestation of guilt for a man that he murders in the future. Right. Well, it's the it's the like last major like point in his. So I think it takes the his own telling himself that I don't know. That's what I'm getting. That's where I'm going. Is his own projection to guide himself through this timeline is uses Frank. I don't know. That's where I'm. I'll leave it there. It, this is where the this is where the pseudo philosophy start, starts yeah. uh, to yeah. crumble when you actually analyze like, who is Frank? Like, what does Frank represent in this movie? And then that's Frank is the reason that arguments start to dissolve. Actually, I have to ask Joe, who do you think Frank is? Especially God. after you just said, who do you, do you think he's God? <laughs> that and I don't he, mean Judeo Christian. I mean it is some kind of higher consciousness. And mm-hmm. and the reason I say that, and maybe it is Donnie, but I say that being one and the same, because for what, what Eric just pointed out, you have this, the things don't start getting put back into the correct timeline until Frank is killed. 
right? Until well, what, a, a philosophical question would be what is what what detects the right timeline? You have a timeline that happened the prime prior and the it, prime timeline. But we're, which we're, is the prime timeline? The prime timeline <laughs> is Donnie should have been crushed. Mm. But Donnie made the choice to be crushed. He didn't have to be crushed. He chose to go back mm. in time after everything. The that first happened. thing Frank says to him after he says, "You know, get up," is, "I've been watching you." That's yep. You know, there's that. I so going back that. to the God argument. I'm going back to the God argument. It's some kind of. I don't know. A, he's a time lord. I don't fucking know. Uh, it's, <laughs> maybe maybe he's a premonition <laughs> you. in a, in a way because honestly, yeah. Frank's death is what opens the wormhole. You know, if you could think of it that's the you know event that opens everything up so maybe he's he's a premonition of where everything has to go like he shows him frank you know whatever if it's god or whatever you want to say he shows him frank first because frank is where frank is going to frank opens the wormhole i mean think about it frank leads him to do everything frank tells him to flood the school yes what happens when he floods the school well he floods the school and that's how he ends up meeting gretchen yes Mm -hmm. and Gretchen plays like an important part in, you know, he goes on the date with her and she's conveniently asleep the entire time when Frank appears in the theater while they're watching Evil Dead and tells him to go set fire to the guys. If they wouldn't have set fire to his house, then they wouldn't have, um, you know, that then it wouldn't have outed Patrick Swayze's character for being a pedophile, in which case the sparkle whatever... Uh, sparkle motion sparkle motion dance team going to star search needed a different chaperone because what's her nuts needed to go defend him because she's got a thing for him all of these things were put in the proper motion also what's her nuts the mom no no not the what's her nuts but because what's her nuts is kitty farmer yeah and because mom now has to be this gym teacher like uh, this, this, this parent has to be there She's the one who makes the decision, like, yo, like, everyone's staying behind, but me and what's her, my daughter here, the little one, um, we're, we want to come home early, so we're taking a mid, uh, a red light, red right. eye flight back, which hits the portal, which causes the engine to drop. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> so, every, everything leads to put all of that into motion. So, I, I, I think Frank is just a vision. In, it's almost like the movie Contact, where it's like the alien takes the form of something she'd recognize. That was a way of kind of you know. The, there's a whole thing about like the the you know the, the the water. We talked about the water tubes coming out of the chest. And it's like it shows you the path in which you will go in this timeline. Frank is that. It's like when you see me, you know you're on the right yeah. track to getting yeah, so... yourself back on to this. So did 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 Frank? pull Donnie into the parallel timeline or did Donnie wake up in the parallel timeline and Frank said okay get out of the room and, and the only way to end, end this timeline is to kill me the only you here's I'm, the here are the things you have one month to f- get fix this before it goes completely unstable yeah so he is um, I think Frank is an embodiment of some kind of higher consciousness and maybe it is Donnie's now, now we're getting a bit nihilistic, but yeah, you know, or Nietzschean, but maybe that is, you know, we are all our own gods of our minds. Yeah, so maybe I'll stick with my second 
guess at that and that maybe he's a premonition of some sort. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. kind of echoing that. Like, so I, okay. I I don't know, but I would I would say you know they they mention God for whatever that means. They yeah, you know so <clears throat> who knows? But I think it's something somewhere in there. That's the ambiguity. I and that's where that's where it's fun to play with this movie. I uh, watching the second one. I actually have an idea about Frank. Like, I don't think mine is credible. I just think mine's fun to think about. Okay. <laughs> Frank is real. Hmm. The Frank that Donnie sees is still the same Frank after the death. In fact, this is, and I have it written down here. This is my take. Frank is actually the main character, the, the protagonist, not the main character, but he's the protagonist of the story where Donnie, our title character, is actually the antagonist. And by that, this is what I wrote down. Donnie Darko is a story about Frank, a man who travels back in time to guide his murderer to eventually kill himself, <laughs> saving his own life in the process. True, because when Donnie does go through with the whole thing, Frank's alive after yeah. Frank gets a scene in that montage at the end. Like Frank covers his eye. He wrote, he's the he Frank in that montage scene. Like everyone, you kind of like wonder, like, do they remember? Because they're ha all having these weird reactions. But yeah. then you see Frank covering his eye at the end of his, and he's just like, he remembers. And then there's that awkward wave between the, the mom, mom totally is having deja vu. Mm-hmm. Well, her who were the people who died in that event? Well, it was Frank, it was the girlfriend, Gretchen, and yeah. it was the mom. Yeah. The, the, that plane crashed. The mom crashed. and daughter. Yeah, youngest daughter, Samantha Darko. But yeah, Frank, Frank, what if Frank is a person who, like, like oh, I died, but my soul is trapped in this weird time vortex thing, if we want to go the metaphysical <laughs> route. And he was just like, and now I can like witness because um, I can see time. Like I can now see who the person is that killed me. I had no idea who the fuck this little fucking brat was. Or as long as I know is that like, what's her face is little brother. Uh, and then it's like go back and like I've been watching you done. Like I'm watching you done. I I need you to make a tangent timeline and kill yourself. <laughs> I guess I on at that it's note. Stupid. It's stupid. No, it's, it's stupid, not. But... I think that's just uh, that's very thought provoking. I almost want to go back and rewatch the movie from that perspective now. Right, like it's actually he's trying to prevent his own, like he's trying to prevent his own death mm -hmm. at the hands of Donnie. I mean, I think that's equally as plausible in in this sort of a film as any of the other things we've set forth. Oh, so. absolutely. <laughs> but. but with that, I guess if uh, we had to give this one a grade and any final thoughts, uh, Eric, we'll start with you. I guess one final thought, just to get this is building on to what we were just talking about, and then I promise I will get to my grade. Um, <laughs> okay. In the director's cut I keep bitching about, they did talk about, and I don't remember how they did it, but I they did talk about something about the people who were closest to, like, Donnie, or at least to the situations, people that were touched by all of his actions and stuff, um, would feel the ripples in, in, in time. So all of those people literally are, I mean, not that you don't get that from the montage, it's totally not, you totally don't have to have it explained to you. That's why I don't like what they did with the director's cut. 
but um but yeah you, you guys like reading into that like they they feel like they're having deja vu that was totally intentional those people are feeling those ripples of of all of this stuff going on like gretchen having some kind of like interest in this you know person she never met that was crushed by a plane engine um so yeah that that's totally there and i think um I think you, you pick up enough on it in this cut that obviously we, we all got that out of it anyway. So, but yeah, so to go to my uh, final thoughts and grading, I really think this played well for me. This is one, honestly, I think Joe and I were just kind of setting up to be a hit piece, kind of like we did the Boondock Saints because it was yeah. a super popular movie right around the same time. And I think we were, we both literally both thought we were going to walk back into this and kind of, you know, pick on it for being pretentious, which it is. But um, I don't know. I really found it enjoyable. The cast is great. It just, I think I remembered what I liked so much about it. And then I got kind of the like other layers that I probably wasn't getting as a 17 year old kid. I expected to kind of be like lukewarm on it. And I actually really ended up having a a pleasant time revisiting this one. So I think I'm going to stick with probably right about where I would have put it um, as as a teenager, maybe for a few different reasons now, but um, I'm happy I watched this one again, and I'm going to go with a B-plus on Donnie Darko. So. Interesting. Okay, Ryan, what about you? Well, first off, we did, we did not talk about one thing, and that is Seth Rogen. Yeah, <laughs> young yeah. Seth Rogen in this one as is, a total is in this fucking off. movie. And the only <laughs> line, he says other words, not many, but the only line you can remember him from is a very fucking Seth Rogen line, uh, line which is him as a high school bully her sexually harassing a girl with the line i like your boobs <laughs> i'm like yeah <laughs> wow this is this is this is Seth R- this this humor right here is going to send this man above this fucking movie <laughs> yeah this man's huh. going to write and direct his own fucking movies and all he had to say was i like your boobs <laughs> Yeah, that's you I got to start somewhere. Honestly, the line of his that I remember more is is the uh well didn't your dad like stab your mom when he's mocking her, which is fucked mm-hmm. up. But yeah, you're right. He does the I like your boobs, which when I saw it last night I was like it's such a weird line. And especially <laughs> for the role he plays. He's the one who throws what's her face Gretchen into the fucking road that gets her killed. Yeah. Which, by the way, she got thrown down on the ground, and she's just, like, uh, like rolling around. I'm like, no, nah, you would have gotten up instantly. The adrenaline would have kicked, and you would have fucking fled. Or fought, but you would have not have just not stay there for the whole ten minutes. Donnie had a fucking knife to his neck, and he was like, eh. And I'm like, how is his head not fucking clean off? That knife is touching his neck. Um, But she's just laying there, and she's like, Okay, she's going to get hit by a car. That's why I said I don't like Jenna Malone. <laughs> so <laughs> no, you, lo- you enjoyed that scene. I, I bet Joe it's... rewinded that moment a couple times. It's like, I, I it's don't nothing personal. It's nothing just personal. Like, I just don't I like I see her in movies. And I, you know, she's been in movies I've liked. I'm just always like, eh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I forgot that Drew Barrymore was in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, my review. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I said a, I, I, th- I said a lot in the beginning. It's going to be the same thing, and I definitely consumed enough people's times. Uh, and it's that, you know, uh, this movie's a pseudo-philosophical movie, uh, super meta- uh, superficial metaphysical movie, and it's like, it's not that. It's pretending to be that, but it pretends to be it very well. It's like, you can watch this and still enjoy this. I'll give it a B+. Well, 
I don't think anybody could have predicted this, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with the exact same fucking grade. Okay. So we're all on the same yeah. timeline here. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to give this one a B plus as well. I'll just throw it right out there in the beginning for the same reason that you two just talked about. It It is kind of pseudo-philosophical, very typical of 2001, like... You know, in that movie, really make you think, eh, kinda. But looking back at it, not really. It's kind of like the usual suspects. It's got a big punch at the end of the first time you watch it, but then watching it over and over again, it kind of diminishes. Except in this one, I feel like taking a step away from it for the better part of ten years has helped it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think too, you know, like like you said, Eric, watching this at you know, later on in in life rather than just, you know, I'm 17 or 18 or 19 or whatever really makes a big difference. Um, I had more fun discussing what this one means now than I probably would have when I was a teenager. And that is, I'm not sure how to interpret that, but there <laughs> it is. Um, so yeah, I, I think again, echoing what you guys said, performances are great. I think it, I still like it for the fact that it's doing something different with the concept of time travel where instead of it, don't fuck with the timeline, the timeline's fucking with you. Yeah. Or Frank or whatever. Frank is the embodiment of the timeline. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it, and it, it leaves those open-ended things there. It, you know, it's not so open-ended that it's moving into David Lynch territory, but <laughs> it leaves things open-ended in a way that, this director tends to do in his films for better or worse and it's usually worse but in this case overall yeah i'm gonna give it a b plus because i really did enjoy revisiting uh this one you know what well, that movie... being said i i haven't seen the sequel and if any of our listeners have seen the sequel or if they have their own interpretations of the end of donnie darko and that's what i really want to get to if anybody out there listening those five of you have any interpretations for donnie darko similar to ours are totally different we would love absolutely fucking love to hear them please feel free to send those to us at videojunkerpodcast at gmail.com if you can compress it into a tweet twitter's been kind of quiet lately so give us some <laughs> attention um uh you can feel free to tweet us at video junk pod which is our twitter handle or find us on facebook at the video junker podcast main page or the video junker podcast group we would love to hear any of your questions comments criticisms or witticisms about donnie darko or any of the other movies we've talked about on the show and coming up on the Video Junkyard podcast, we have, I believe, a cra- bit of a crazy one. We're going to take a little trip to Italy uh, for one of the most batshit off-the-wall um, cult films I've ever had the pleasure, question mark, of seeing. Um, we're going to check out the... Oh, I was good, trying to get a year on this. Hang on don't have it in front of me we're gonna check out pieces next week which is uh yeah 70s um (laughs) italian exploitation horror film that really has to be seen to be believed it's one i kind of saw an accident years ago and yeah well we'll see what we make of that one okay wow 1982 does that sound about right 82 i called it 70s yeah that's probably right i couldn't get to be open fast enough i did not have it in front of me it wasn't oh. on the schedule. So. Holy shit, I just read the synopsis. Well, that'll be a fun one. Ryan, will you be joining us for that one? I feel think, like no, Ryan might, no, uh, won't be. might not be taking my invitation on this one. No, oh. no. Uh, it was rough to get me on this one. 
Okay. <laughs> well, we're glad that you did join us, Ryan. Thank you too. for in, indulging us tonight with your uh, really thought-provoking interpretation of Donnie Darko, I have to say. I, I well, really yeah, kind I of like it. that one. I, I will say I did not have the pleasure of being able to talk to anybody about this movie back when I first saw it. So, And this whole important thing about this movie is people talked about it and it's just like i wish someone forced me to watch this movie and then they never talked to me about it and i'm just like oh okay i'm just gonna stay with my opinion so it was fun to actually talk to two other people about this movie uh so that's why this this was great that's why these are great these podcasts well and we want to thank you once again for coming on and we also want to thank everybody for listening and please feel free to share the video junkyard podcast around to your uh friends and family or people that you won't be speaking to over thanksgiving because they're not happy with how the election turned out so uh (laughs) you can use it as a weapon or as a, a sign of love we're totally open to either as long as we get them clicks so we want to thank you once again for joining us here at the video junkyard podcast until next time this is joe peterson I'm Eric Branson. And this is Ryan Seiskel saying, there's a fat man watching us. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.